This is Steeler Country, episode 161 for week 6, 2015, when the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Arizona Cardinals 25 to 13, recorded October 20th, 2015. So, Mike, you don't watch the games live anymore? I just got home late. I started around 2, 2.15. Oh, okay. So do you not want us texting you during the game? Oh, no, it was fine. Oh, okay. I felt bad. Fine. No, actually, I mean, I know, because actually, um, after the last two times that happened, I just went to airplane mode for a while. Okay. And then when I got caught up, I got blasted with a bunch of texts. Yeah, sorry about that. Well, I didn't, see, I watched the game from home this time. So I wasn't with, like, I wasn't with anyone. So... I was I was in the thread, you know, like I can't stop saying what I think. So I oh, know I think it's fine. I like it. I, was in the I like thread. being part of that. Yeah. I was. Uh, yeah. One I mean, thing. No, go ahead. One thing I read was um, I said, or I read that Timmons or number ninety four, or is that Paul Mall on ninety four's jersey? You know, I read that before I watched anything, and I was like, oh, oh man. Paul, I mean, uh, Timmons must have had a great Paul Mall play. <laughs> or, or you're referring to, you know, Paul Mall getting beat in the last few years. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So I didn't know what to think. But I kept waiting for Timmons to make oh, a great play. Oh, you thought we went negative on Paul Mallow's? I didn't think so, no, but I was hoping not. And so I just couldn't wait for Timmons to make a great play. <laughs> and he did. Dude, the defense, I oh, mean. I said that. I said Paul Mallow's wearing 94. Yeah. <laughs> I would not go Nate on Troy. <laughs> The, uh, dude, the defenses. I mean, this, you know, I look, I said it on the podcast last week, right? I said, you know, this is the week that the kind of the wheels are going to kind of fall off of the defense and we're going to turn the ball over. But holy cow. I mean, look, the wheels maybe could have come off in this game if, if Vic continues because you know, he didn't turn the ball over, but it wasn't from lack of trying, right? I mean, you had a couple there where it was, it looked bad. Uh, but holy, I mean, this defense, it is, so much, you know, and I know we just, it's going to be a repeat of last week's podcast, but it's so much better. I mean, it's just so much better than I even could have imagined it's going to be. And they do this thing where they play with fire, right? It's not like it's a dominating defense. You know, they have, you know, teams will have these long drives, long, 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 long drive, and, oh, no, we stopped you, and you have to punt now, or you have to take a long field goal. They, they have a lot of good plays and a lot of negative plays, you know, negative for the offense. And they're attacking. They're being an attacking defense. Uh, they don't give up huge plays, meaning that, um, like, uh, I guess not since New England where guys are wide open you're just, and they look at each other and like, who had him? Right. I mean, remember last season, there were some, you know, big plays that were given up that would just make you sick. And that, that's not happening. And the other thing is they're, because of that, I think they're getting turnovers, whether they're fortunate or they're creating them, that's big. And the other thing that on the negative side is that, they still give up big plays here and there. They still give up some key third downs. But in this league, every team's going to give that up. You can't expect the defense to just be dominant and stop every single thing that an offense throws at you. So I think they're doing great. It's fun to watch. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, the 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 thing that I noticed uh, from rewatching the game is, you know, the, the, the announcers, I mean, look, the announcers in this game, they, they made me angry because they kept – you know, they, they kept downplaying the play of our defense and, and kind of upselling, you know, the fact that the Cardinals, they just haven't been able to cash in. They've had all these yards and all these, you know, all this, these great plays, but they just haven't been able to cash in. And, and no real credit to the defense. Um, and one thing that, you know, one of the kind of storylines coming out is how many passes that Palmer missed. Oh, he missed all these wide open, yeah, he missed guys, he just kept missing passes. 
But no no credit's given to the fact that on on a lot of those plays, the pass rush is there. He's throwing the ball as he's about – he's not getting hit as he throws, but he's about to get hit. And so he's, you know, it's just making him, making these quarterbacks a little more uncomfortable. It's something we missed from this defense in years past. Um, and it's something that, I mean, at this point, look, I still, I, I, there's still the part of me that says, like, look, the, the dam can break here at some point because we are still giving up yards. And if you, you know, if you're doing that, then you're playing with fire and it can turn, turn sour. But, I mean, this defense is wreaking havoc out there. You know, they're getting to quarterbacks. And, and I think, you know, in this game, yes, we give a bunch of yards and those, those stops were, were because Palmer missed passes at times. But you have to give credit to the defense for making him miss those passes, putting him in situations where he wasn't comfortable. I don't think it's so easy to just say, well, Carson Palmer wasn't playing well. I agree. Even on, like, the first play of the game where they threw that long pass, I, I mean, that was disappointing to give up a big play like that. But our guy was in position. There were two other guys in the area. And it's like they're going to give – they've given up big plays, but it's not devastating. Right, and then they and then they stopped him for probably I think a field goal on that first drive. Is that right? Uh, no, the first drive was no points, and they had a they had a punt. Yeah, they punted. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess I guess uh, we, we want to go. Uh, you know, it's funny listening to um, listening to the highlights in this game because especially the NFL Network ones, which is the one I found uh, you know most recently. There's a there's a fun interaction between the two announcers where they they talk about you know uh, Landry Jones versus Martavis Bryant and one of the guys says you know, uh, you know look at how good Landry Jones played and the other guy's like no man it was you know well he he was able to throw to Martavis Bryant and then someone else comes in and goes wait did Bryant come in when Landry came in uh, which I thought was funny you know both guys played really well um, I guess let's let's start we'll start with Martavis and then we can have our Landry discussion um, because you know Martavis Bryant. Uh, you know, an, an unbelievable game. Uh, and, I, and I think the thing about Martavis is that this is something that going into the season we knew could happen, right? He, you know, he, this, if this guy makes the jump, if he makes the leap, uh, then the offense is, it, it takes the next step to being unstoppable. I don't know. I didn't, I, I guess I didn't expect it to happen like this and, you know, so early. It was obviously great seeing him back in there and contributing. Uh, and I don't know, was he in in the first half and just didn't get looks? I don't remember seeing him in the he, first half. Yeah, he was definitely in the game. So, obviously the touchdown pass was huge. He, just to snag the ball out of the air and then come down, he only got one foot in. I think I think he got his knee in or maybe his butt landed in and it was kind of in and out. And I'm just glad they didn't overturn it. But, to, I mean, that was a huge play in the game. It gave him the lead, gave, gave Landry the confidence, and... Really, the whole offense just perked up on that play. Well, uh, Brian, Brian is definitely a difference maker. Um, I don't know. I don't remember him being in early in the game. He might have been there, but I don't remember him getting targeted. Um, well, that's the thing. No, <laughs> the early the early part of that game was just so rough. Well, I think we had – do we have one yard well, we passing had, yes, on we offense? Had, yeah, we had one I mean, yard in the passing. First half? Yeah, but then, but then Vic completed a six-yard pass, so it actually, we actually went with seven. He finished with eight, so. That's true. I remember seeing a tweet after Landry Jones came in that said, uh, Landry Jones had like eight yards passing and Vic had six. Something like that. At one point in the game. Yeah, and I mean, you know, Landry comes in the game. I, I mean, look, Vic, you know, say what you will about Vic. Like, he had a, he had a, an unbelievable, 
you know, last drive, last game, it came out of nowhere. He had an awful game and then just pulled one out of his ass, right? And he saved that game for us. Um, you know, this game, it starts off, it, once again, it's terrible. He, we're, our offense is completely ineffective. We can't move the football. There's, you know, there's just no way we're going to be able to move the ball. Um, Brown is completely removed from the, every wide receiver is completely removed from the offense. Um, and it just looked like there was no, there's no way this team's going to put up points. And unless, unless Vic can do it again, unless we can hold the Cardinals down, keep them from scoring, and then, you know, make a big play here and there and get back in it, then there's, it's just no way, right? Because this team's not going to put together drives. Um, but when he got hurt and Landry came in, you know, look, we all watched Landry in preseason, right? No one expected this. It, 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 no one's thinking like, well, you know, Landry's just going to, you know what I think Landry's going to do? He's just going to blight him up now. It's going to be over for the, for the Cardinals. But that's exactly what happened. And I think the thing that, that, you know, kind of hit me quickest is uh, Landry Jones knows this offense, right? Mike Vick has only been in this system for whatever it is, you know, six, eight weeks, right? Landry Jones has been in this offense for four years. He knows exactly what Todd Haley wants. He knows where the ball is supposed to go in place. He can open up the playbook because, you know, again, he knows all of it. Um, you know, isn't we're not running the Mike Vick offense. We're running the Ben offense, but with, with Landry. Um, and I think that showed right away in that, you know, Landry was just able to, to find guys – um, to move the football, you know, he comes in on that first drive. He wasn't asked to do much because Le'Veon makes the great run. But then, you know, he finds Martavis in the back of the end zone. Like you said, Mike, Martavis makes a great play, gets that knee down, which is a, which is a huge uh, – it's a smart play by Martavis, right? Because he knows he's not going to get that second foot down. But if you get your calf down, your calf is two feet or your knee is two feet, right? So he kind of brings that leg down first um, and gets in bounds. Uh, you know, and then from there it was just you know it was the Landry Jones show. <laughs> well, I can't say I was expecting that. I mean, uh, the truth be told, when Landry came in, I said, okay, well, now um, you know, okay, so we can't pass, and and we also don't have now you know the one thing that Vic could do would be take off and run and change the game that way, and now you know we can't do that either. Uh, so I really wasn't hoping. I really wasn't expecting anything good to happen. Certainly not what eventually did happen. Um, so credit to Landry. I, I, you know, my, uh, you have to be a little bit suspicious. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit cautious of let's jump all over the Landry bandwagon. I was not sold on Landry should start ahead of Vic um, next week if, if there is not going to be Ben. You know, if Ben's not coming back for Kansas City because, uh, I mean, you know, don't you think that. Uh, the Cardinals defense schemed for Vic and for the, and, and controlled its pass rush, constructed its pass rush in such a way that they could, they could, you know, keep Vic from taking off for those, those very damaging runs. Um, I mean, they know they, that he can't pass, so they're, so they're, they were ready for that. They were not ready for Landry Dones. They were not ready you know, for someone to be able to come in and complete some passes. And they weren't really, they weren't really schemed up for that. And it's always, always been my criticism of successful quarterbacks off the bench. They do well the first week, then they come back the next week. You expect them to get better, they get worse. Um, and it's because the next defense knows that they're, who they're facing and they're able to build a scheme, a defensive scheme around that. So, um, you know, I'm not all over it. I'm very happy for what happened. I'm very grateful for what happened, um, and and I'm not surprised that Bryant was in the middle of that uh, and that 88 yard run that Bryant made. You know, to me, 
it tells it tells two things about him. Um, one is he is an, a, a man of enormous talent, uh, which I think we recognized early on last season. But two, this is a guy who was just pent up to play football um, for the last month and hadn't been able to do it and took it out on the Cardinals. Yeah, and listening to him after the game, you know, he's he's hilarious. Uh, I don't know if you guys got a chance to listen to his post-game press conference, but he has this, you know, golly gee, guys, I, you know, I'm just, I was just so happy to be in there, and, you know, it's just so cool that I got to play. I mean, like, if you listen to him play, you know, or listen to him talk, they ask him, like, well, you know, now that you could, you know, you could be the 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 starting quarterback next week. Think about that. And he goes, God, I'm just, I'm just so happy I got to play today. I, I can't even think about it next. Um, you know, he's hilarious. That was funny, and it was nice to see. Yeah, he was basically like, I, I think he may even said, I can't even believe I got yeah, to play. Yeah, he said, I can't even believe I got to play. <laughs> and, uh, and if you think about it, um, they said that this was only the third time he ever dressed for a game. So yeah, like, yeah, he's been, was, he's been inactive every week. It's like Wolf was saying that he doesn't even know how to warm up for a game, you know? <laughs> so it, it was amazing. I think the thing that, I mean, obviously the touchdown pass and the poise that he had and getting the ball away quick when they were blitzing, you know, he hit Miller on a pass. I mean, that part, all the, all those things are, uh, that's the obvious. That's, that's what everyone's impressed with. And, and what Joe said is, I'm, a, I'm I always tell the same story Joe always tells is, is about, you know, let's see what, let's see what you can do when teams actually prepare for you. And then, and, and you can even have a good season or several good games and still not end up being a great quarterback down the road. Um, we've seen guys in the NFL like Scott Mitchell and, and even, uh, Castle is kind of like that too. And, uh, and even on Ohio State right now, Cardell Jones, right? He had three great games and he's kind of up and down right now. Anyway, so we don't want to read too much into it, but the thing I was most impressed with, uh, with Landry Jones is that he was prepared. He was prepared to play. He never had a call timeout because he didn't know the play. He didn't turn left while Le'Veon was on the right to hand off or anything like that. He didn't uh, throw a ball where there was no one there because he thought the receiver was going to go the other way. I mean, the worst thing he did was threw the ball at Antonio Brown's feet at one time. So maybe he's a little inconsistent. But a little inaccurate, he, yeah. He was, yeah, or inaccurate. He was prepared to play, and I'm impressed with that. Yeah, that, that's where I kind of am with Landry right now. Um you know, look, looking back and watching the throws that he made again, I mean, look, okay, first thing that needs to be said, Landry Jones didn't punt. Fourth-string fourth quarterback, fourth-string, right? It goes Ben, then Gradkowski, then Vic, then Landry, okay? Fourth-string quarterback comes in this game, a game in which we could not move the football, uh, did not punt. We went right down the field, uh, whatever, whatever many possessions we had. He scored 20 points in the game, right? Or 19 because we went for, uh, so that's what, three possessions? Um, so three times down the field, um, no, four possessions, four possessions down the field, two field goals and two touchdowns. Um, you know, and watching back and looking at some of the throws, uh, I guess the worst thing I could say about Landry in, in watching the throws that he made is that he has a tendency to stare down the guy he's going to throw to, right? Which is what you see young quarterbacks. Um, but I think the thing, you know, and like I said before, I think the thing he has going for him is that is, is twofold. Number one, and this is the biggest key. This offense is full of talent, 100% full of talent. There is talent at every single position of this offense. The offensive line is great. All of our wide receivers, two of our wide receivers are great, and the rest are capable, and we have a we have the best running back in football. So in some ways, you could argue that as long as you know the playbook and you can throw the ball where you're supposed to, you can't help but be successful, right? That's one argument you can make for why Landry can be successful. But the other thing is, and there – 
There are three throws in this game that I think every Steeler fan should go back and watch. The first one is the third and 13 play to Martavis Bryant. This is a play in which the they sit back in a zone, on th- obviously on third and 13, right? Uh, they sit back in a zone. Martavis runs like a, a, a deep post in route um, where he kind, of, he kind of fades into a post. Uh, and there's a there's a linebacker, you know, sitting right in his zone, and Landry has to float it over the linebacker, but but let it float right into Martavis's hands, and he makes a perfect um, and puts it right on the money to Martavis, giving him the the ability to do run after catch, which is which would be key later in the game. The next throw is this is after Mar- uh, Antonio and Landry are seen on the sideline, you know, where Antonio's saying like, you know, when I'm here, you got to do that, you know. Uh, this is like one of those next series where Landry steps back and and it's a it's a comeback route to Brown where he throws it before Brown is open and this was the one where my eyes kind of went I was just kind of wait wait that was a Ben throw that was the kind of thing that Ben and A B do because they know each other so well and here's Landry Jones making that that kind of caught me for a loop that was a very interesting play I'll be, I'll be very interested if he plays this week and if we see those kind of throws because that that's key and the third one and I think this is the one. That I, you know, this is the one that kind of put me over the top with Landry. Is it's third and three, they're bringing the all-out blitz, and he takes one step back, and it's just that little Heath play that Ben always runs with Heath, where if they're bringing the all-out blitz, Heath immediately releases and turns around, catches the ball, and gets the first down for whatever three or four yards, right? And and Landry made that play perfectly. Um, you know, I'm not I'm not so sure that defenses can scheme for Landry Jones because I think the Point, I think the thing about this offense is, I think you could scheme for Landry Jones if he were on another team. I don't think you can scheme, if, if you have a quarterback, like I said, who knows the offense, who can make the throws, this team has too many playmakers, you know? Unfortunately, you know, we, we weren't going to make the Mike Vick thing work because this wasn't a Mike Vick offense and there wasn't time to make that work. And he's probably a little, you know, past, not a little, he's a lot past his prime. The throws he was making were just not accurate. He wasn't comfortable. He never got comfortable. His only good plays in this game were the ones where he ran. Um, but I, I, I just, I, I think with Landry Jones, I, I think it's going to be, it'll be very interesting to see what he does next week. I, I would be very surprised if he takes, he might take a step back. Obviously he had a perfect game, but I would be surprised if he takes two, like a, a big step backwards. You would be surprised if he did. I, I would be, yeah, I would be, I, I would be surprised if he goes too far back just because of the amount of talent. Look, he's throwing to AB, right? He's, he's throwing to Martavis Bryant. He can't just heave it up to to AB on that comeback route that Ben and them run, if it's just any, if it's, you know, if it's James Jones or, you know, whatever wide receiver, right? If it's just wide receiver A, okay, Landry can't do that. But when it's AB, right, he can do that. And and you go back to the last play of the game with Martavis Bryant, right? That was a great play by Landry because he was able to hit that quick slant on the money accurately with giving Bryant the chance to run after catch. Bryant did the rest, right? I mean, Bryant did the rest yeah. on that one. It was good enough. Just all, all we really needed there was a first down. We needed to choose some clock, and that's what they got. Yes. And then, and then Martavis did the rest. Exactly. exactly. The thing about, um, uh, I mean, obviously Landry. Yeah, he's not going to do this every game. I mean, if he did, he's he's thrown 160 yards and two touchdown passes every half. So obviously, right. that's not going to happen. So it's going to it's going to just be uh, interesting how it goes against Kansas City, assuming he's going to start. And that's Tomlin's assumption right now is that Landry will start next week over Ben. Um, and I think Tomlin's making the right choice there, which is, look, if I, I got to see, 
I'm not putting Ben out there not healthy. Look, I would have put if it's Vic, then of course you have to put Ben out there. But if it's Landry, let Landry go for one more week. Uh, you know, it can't. Here's the thing: it can't be worse than Vic, right? Landry can't be worse than Vic. Vic couldn't complete a pass. So you let Landry go, you give Vic another, or you give uh, Ben another week to rest, and then you, you you have Ben come back fully healthy, not eighty percent, ninety percent. Get him fully healthy for that game against Philly, which ends up being the biggest game on our schedule. The thing about uh, the quarterback position for the Steelers, obviously if Ben's ready and even if he's 80%, as long as he's not going to be in jeopardy of, of re-injuring or getting worse, you got to play Ben. You need all the wins you can get. As, as much as I'm interested to see how Landry will play in the next game, just like Joe said, uh, when, when teams have a little film on him and can get prepared for him. Uh, one thing about Landry is that all the film on him and all the inconsistency we've seen him in the preseason is playing with typically, you know, not uh, a first-string offensive line. So he doesn't necessarily have, and, and not even, you know, first-string receivers. So so that could be a difference. And uh, one thing that Wolf said today was this team, and like you said, they have so many weapons, you just need a distributor back there. You just need a, a point guard, basically, to get all these guys the ball. And and if he can get rid of it quick and, and read the defenses and know where, where to go with the ball, that could be huge. Uh, I think he better know quick because um, I, I hope I, I hope Tomlin you know plays a little coy with it. I, I'm a little disappointed that he said Landry's going to start. I, I would have liked him to to play around with that all week so that the Chiefs don't re- or don't really know who they're going to be facing. Um, play up the Ben thing, even if even if he had no intention of playing Ben, play up the Ben thing anyway, so they prepare for Ben. Um, yeah, I, I'd rather than not be preparing for. Landry, uh, and and if and if they know if they're prepared for Landry, they're going to blitz the hell out of him. That's what you do to a young quarterback, uh, an inexperienced quarterback, and most of the time it works because they don't know where to go with the ball fast enough. Um, and uh, I I sure hope he's ready for it because uh, I mean that I think that's I think there's no doubt that's going to happen defensively. Uh, Chiefs haven't beaten the Chiefs shouldn't be a shouldn't be a tall order, but. Um, certainly. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I think beating the Chiefs, right, beating the Chiefs should not be a tall order. Certainly not as tall as beating the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Cardinals have one of the best defenses in football, if not the best defense in football right now. I actually would be hard-pressed to tell you a defense that's better than Arizona, you know, right now. Um, they came into this game, I mean, they are they were killing people, right? And they were doing it with, with turnovers. Um, well, the, the 6-0 and teams that are out there... Um, I heard a. Uh, it was only in passing, so I didn't study it. But um, they they have all played teams. Their their collective uh, opponents are they have like a thirty five percent win percentage. Um, yeah, that, that they've beaten. Uh, and and I'm I'm a little annoyed at at the media, the sports media. I mean, I don't watch it much, so I don't have much to be annoyed about. But the little bit that I do watch. The Steelers are largely overlooked. Um, these are these wins, and even the game against um, the Ravens that ended in a overtime loss. Uh, they, th- these games were close and were wins for the Steelers because of the defense, and really for no other reason. Um, the the defense kept it close. Uh, the Steelers got the crap beat out of them in the Cardinals game for the entire first half uh, and into the second half. 
and the Steelers were within a score the entire time. Um, and and then you know took the lead and there was no turning back. Uh, and that is delivered by defense. There, there's just no question about that. Um, so whether you want to believe that you know because because there are no names that you understand or that you know yet that the team isn't playing good defense and that the defense isn't winning games when you have no offense. I said it a week ago. The the defensive performances that we've seen are larger than they appear. Um, it sounds like a meatloaf song, right? Uh, they're larger than they appear because because of the lack of offense, because of the multiple chances that the opposing offense gets against that defense. Um, uh, so, you know, the Cardinals are regarded largely as the second best team to the Packers in the NFC. Uh, they came to Pittsburgh, a wounded team um, that had lost to the what would have been winless Ravens at this point. Um, in overtime, uh, and and uh, went to the West Coast, beat the Chargers in a really odd game, and now beat uh, beat the the beloved Cardinals um, at at home, and they're just like, well, this is just weird. We just we just don't understand that what this is about. Well, it's about playing defense. It's about shutting down the opposing offense keeping yourself within a score, hanging around, hanging around until something breaks your way, and then you win the game. Um, it, it's just old-fashioned defensive football that isn't played anymore. It's a lost art in the NFL, but that's exactly what's gone on here. Yeah, I mean, we, and we've seen that. We, it's not just the last – it's not just since – well, I mean, it is since Ben's gone because Ben only lasted two games. But if you go back to the Rams game, right, That is another game where the defense was asked, hey – the offense can't score, so you have to you have to shut down the opposing team, and they were up to the task. And each game was different, right? You know, um, in the Rams game, it was just stifling. They can't even get a first down style defense. Then in in uh, uh, Baltimore, you know, again stifling, but and with plus turnovers, plus turnovers. Um, San Diego a little weirder. We got to pick six. Uh, they were able to move the ball up and down the field, but again, not scoring as much. Uh, and then Arizona, again, up and down. They were up and down the field. I mean, they were just moving the ball at will. I don't know how many times the announcer said that they've, do they've outgained the Steelers by four times. Uh, you know, but again, Steelers got the bigger turn, had the bigger plays, got the bigger turnovers, the only turnovers. Um, and they made the key stops at key moments, right? Here's the, here's the, the this is the point in the game, right? The Steelers stopped the Cardinals in, uh, from scoring points, from getting in the red zone. And when they did get in the red zone, they got stops there too. The Arizona Cardinals could not stop Landry friggin' Jones from from scoring two touchdowns in this. They couldn't stop Landry Jones when they needed to on the on, on the goal line, okay? Uh, and they also couldn't stop Landry Jones when they needed to just get a stop to get the ball back at the end of the game. Yeah, and I agree that uh, that the defensive performance, and obviously they kept him in this game again, just like they did last week. Uh, the first half defense totally kept him in the game to give us a chance in the second half. But it's lost on the national media. I mean, when they think of the Ravens game, national media, average fan, all they're thinking about are those those fourth down plays. You know, Steelers, Ravens, they play a close game. Steelers lost because they don't know how to handle fourth down. Uh, the, the next kicker. game against – and the kicker, that's right. And the next game against the Chargers, uh, the Steelers, yeah, they had a nice pick six, but it came down to that last play. Le'Veon Bell's great. That's what the national media sees in that, which is correct. But they just think that's the whole game. They went for it on the last play and they won. And in this game, the story is Landry Jones and Martavis Bryant. At the end of the game, they find a way to win with their third, fourth string quarterback. So 
it's lost that the defense is what held them in the games and, and allowed that to be even a possibility to win at the end. And that, and the thing, and everyone, and some of the national media, especially I hear Greenberg say that, you know, we have so many weapons and they're going to be great when Ben comes back. So watch out for the offense. But I haven't heard much about the defense. And it's going to be interesting when we watch this defense play with possibly a 10 point lead or 14 point lead and just start really going after teams. Yeah. What's, what's marked in all of this for me about the defense is pressure on the quarterback. That's obvious. Um, every time the quarterback goes to throw, they have to throw it quickly. And, and Tony made this point very well earlier in this podcast. Why did, why were there so many open receivers missed by Carson Palmer? Because Carson Palmer was in a hurry. Almost every time he tried to throw the ball, there was somebody close to him about to knock him to the turf. Uh, and he had to get rid of it before he wanted to. And sometimes that's all it takes to, to shut down a passing game. You don't have to have five sacks or ten sacks in a game. Just a bunch of incompletes. Even though we don't have a great secondary, um, you can't, there's no time, there's no time to wait for those plays to develop. And then the other thing that's quietly happening is the run, the, the defense is shutting down the run. Um, I heard a stat, 55 yards average rushing against the Steelers. Um, and the, wait, wait, the Cardinals got over 100 yards rushing every game this season. Yeah, they, okay, yeah. Steelers. In this game, they only, we only gave up 55. We, we've given up a lot of running this year. We have? We, we're up. actually, by yards, we're one of the worst defenses in football. By yards. By points, we're like top five. By yards, I think we're bottom five. We're, we're weird defense. Uh, rushing here. yards. Rushing yards. Yeah, rushing yards, I think, uh, I, I think that we had two games this year that killed us. But I'm looking it up. So, if you, if you, if you, if the, if the defense is stopping the run again, that was the, that was the staple. That was the common thread between all the good Steeler defenses. The first thing they did well is they stopped the run. You cannot run on us. Now throw the ball and you're going to do the throw. You can throw the ball when we know you're going to throw the ball because, you know, if we have a lead and this is what Mike was just leading up to, if, if they if we're playing with a 10 or 14 or, or 20, 20 point lead, which all of those scenarios are, are easily imaginable with a Ben Roethlisberger and, and his full assortment of, of toys to play with, uh, on a football field. Well, uh, now, yeah, we don't care if you run the ball. And that was, that was always, uh, Bill Cower, the, the market of a Bill Cower defense. We don't even care if you run the ball. We'll stop you if you do, but we don't care. We're coming for your quarterback because we know you have to throw. We're going to sack you five or six times um, while you're while you're trying to dig yourself out of the hole that we and we and we know we're you're now one dimensional. Um, I, I yeah, we're I, we're on that path. I don't know that we're going to get there. Seems like we're on that path right now defensively. Um, and well, I, think, I always say defense, offense. They, you know, defense is a function of the offense. We talked about it. These defensive performances are larger than they appear because of the lack of offense. The defensive performances get. They start to appear better than they really are because the offense turns, turns, you know, puts the points up, right. turns the other offense into a one-dimensional, uh, a one-dimensional um, dynamic. Well, and, sometimes that's why the Patriots and Packers defense looks probably better than they are. Right, right. I think, I think though, I, and look, I don't want to be the one to, to to be like devil's advocate here, but I do, I do want to throw some caution to this idea that the defense is great. Because I don't think the defense is great. I think the defense is really good, but it also, like I like I said at the beginning of this podcast, play with fire. When you're letting teams move the ball like we do, right? When you're giving up third downs, 
when you're allowing easy passes over the middle, um, you know, when teams are able to put together consecutive drives, you're not getting three and outs, you're not getting four and outs, five and outs, right? You're, they're, they're putting together legitimate drives. You're putting yourself at risk there of giving up fluky things, and then all of a sudden you're giving up touchdowns, right? We've done a really good job. We've done a fantastic job since week one at not giving up touchdowns. I think we're the best, one of the best red zone defenses in football, right? But we're also, like I said, one of the worst teams by yards. We are actually top 10 in, in running um, against the run. We give up 93 yards. Um, uh, but by yards, we are, we are not good, right? We are getting look. We look. We are getting big plays when we need them on third down. Uh, at times, we are uh, getting good, great pressure on the quarterback consistently. We are we are getting unbelievably big turnovers when this team needs them the most. And in, and it's really been in these past three weeks. We needed this defense to come up with big turnovers, and we've had multiple turnover games now, three games in a row. That's huge. That but is you know, huge. Could, there could have been more. Uh, I oh, mean, of course, yeah. Function of of the havoc that's going on in the in the pocket, if you will, um, you know there was a there was a play in this game where the ball it was just a handoff first play uh, and the like ball the went on, the hit the ground and it just bounced back to the running back who was able to fall on it. Otherwise, there were three Steelers that were going to pick up that ball, um, yeah. and I don't know if they'd have been able to run with it or it's just a Steeler ball. But they're really the odds were that was going to be a Steeler ball. It's just dumb luck. That the that the Cardinals said that, that that's all part of just getting in these guys' heads. We are constantly one step from your quarterback, so you better be on your game. And everybody's thinking about that on every single play. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is the pressure that they've been able to provide. And and they bring five and six a lot, but then sometimes they only bring four, and they still get the pressure. I mean, it's it is to it and Hayward that's you know the main factors when they rush four. But the other thing is. That um, what is the other thing? I lost it. Uh oh. I mean, I'll say this. You know, the I will say Mike Mitchell and and the secondary. Uh, you know, we've 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 talked badly about them in the past. Um, but you know, they've shored up a lot of what made that a lot of what made them you know as bad as they were to begin the year. And I and I I'm talking about the tackling, right? The tackling in this game. We've dealt with bad tackling now for a couple weeks, and we've gotten away with it because we've got big turnovers. we still got those stops. But in this game, the tackling was pretty on point. Um, you know, there really weren't a lot of run-after catch, right? They had big plays in this game, but they didn't have long – in fact, the only one I can really think of is the one where Larry Fitzgerald just makes an unbelievable move, and that dude, you know, has Martavis Bryant speed and ran right by our defense. Um, but that's really the only one I can think of where it was, like, poor tackling. Uh, and then Mike Mitchell at the end of this game, you know, look, and he couldn't help but get this interception because Carson Palmer should have never thrown this ball, but he still made that play at the end when we needed it the most. You know, Blake's playing, Blake's playing better. Um, uh, Gay's playing, you know, Gay's playing great. Cockrell had a rough game, but, you know, he's young. He'll learn. And then Robert Golden, who stepped in for, for Will Allen, you would have never known that, uh, that Will Allen, or excuse me, that, that Robert Golden was not the starter because it was no discernible drop off there. Yeah, he played well, and that's that's what I was going to say, was that this defense has not given up any fluky plays. I mean, it, it really hasn't happened, and like I said earlier, that, that did kill him. And the other thing, these stats do lie because they've given up a lot of yards, but that's because the time of possession. That's because the offense has been on the field for the last 14 quarters, so yeah. it seems, has been very inept 
for most of it. And the defense has just been laid out on that field, you know, just hanging on. Yeah. And they have. Yeah, and when the offense has done well in the last two games, there have been one-play drives. You know, the Bryant 88-yard run was a one-play drive. Okay, so, you know, we were supposed to run the clock out, and instead we put a touchdown up in 12 seconds. Uh, and the same thing in the in the uh, the game in San Diego, uh, you know, the one that one touchdown. The Wheaton, was, yeah, the Wheaton play. Wheaton, that was a what was basically a one play drive, and then bam, and the and the and then the defense had been on the field. The Steelers defense had been on the field, you know, and defended a, a fifteen play scoring touchdown uh, drive by the Chargers. Out come the Steelers, they get it right back in one play. Bam, Steelers defense back on the field. Yeah. Know, giving up yards again, um, so it's uh, yeah. Mike is it right? Mike is exactly right. Yeah, I, no, I, I agree. I think it's going to be very interesting to see what happens with this team. Uh, you know, when we, you know, when we get our full complement of offense back, right? And I think you started to see that in this game, right? You know, I know, I know, you guys, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to say you're downplaying Landry, but you know, taking a a, um, a well, wait and see approach with Landry, cautionary right? look, yeah, a wait and see, right? And, and I'm not even saying that that's that that's wrong, but what I will say is. You know, the offense isn't going to get better than it got at the end of that game. I mean, that, that was what we saw at the, the end was this, was a full complement Steeler offense, able to move the ball almost at will. Um, Le'Veon with great runs, um, Martavis doing Martavis things, um, you know, AB was involved, right? And the, and the, uh, you know, because we were able to move the ball, keep time of possession, put points on the board, it put even more pressure on the Cardinals. The score. They couldn't. They didn't. Um, and we went on to win that football game. Hey, one more thing on the defense is that they're getting turnovers, and they're even getting some spectacular turnovers. I mean, the one-handed Timmons interception, as Joe said, was Palomala-esque. And uh, and also, the, even the Cockrell, where he got two feet in bounds uh, against Flacco. I mean, these are some spectacular uh, on the fumble. Yeah. Uh, spectacular uh, turnovers. And well, there may there. not be... They're investigating that interception. That <laughs> yeah, that's right. They, they, some, there was a Palomaro sighting, and they say he was wearing his <laughs> jersey on that play. He may right. have been. Cardinals, and I uh, heard that, um, what's his name, uh, Mike Holmgren is uh, leading up that investigation. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't surprise us. So the other thing is that there's no real, you know, huge stars or NFL stars on the defense as of yet, uh, other than maybe Timmons and, and Hayward's on his way. But if you think about it, there's really no weaknesses out there. There's no guys that you cringe when when he's needs to make a tackle or cover. And um, and there's a lot of good guys. And there's a lot, meaning more than eleven, because they rotate so much. And I think that we'd be comfortable with any one of those guys making a play at any time. We wouldn't be surprised right. to see them make a great play. And I think they're just feeding off of each other. I mean, I think that you know what you just said there speaks to the depth that we have. On this team, and it's not something that we expected. It's not, you know, we. I don't think that a lot of people came into this year like, "Wow, this Steeler team is so deep," right? Uh, but we are, and we have been. And you know, you look at what happens to teams down the stretch, and it becomes, you know, kind of this this war of attrition with your own roster, right? How many guys can you afford to lose by the end of the year before you absolutely break? And it happened to this team last year. But I think the interesting thing about this Steeler team is that through six weeks, through six weeks, we we're four and two. We have played games. Without Le'Veon Bell, without Ben Roethlisberger, without Martavis Bryant, without Marquise Pouncey, without our left tackle now, Kelvin Beecham, where we played in the majority of this game, without uh, uh, our best linebacker, Ryan Shazier, 
without Will Allen. Without a field goal kicker. Yeah, without, right. We played well. I mean, we, he, technically he was healthy, but right, without a kicker, right? Um, you know, without, you know, without Cortez Allen, our, our, what, what was supposed to be our presumed starter at cornerback, he's been hurt for the entire season. Um, you know, this team understands what it's like to play without those guys, and they're still winning football games. So if, if the idea here is that, you know, the war of attrition, you know, just hurts teams as you go, I mean, it's, it, it certainly hasn't hurt this team yet. Well, it's interesting what you just said about the, about the depth of the team, um, so there's been a lot of high draft picks that we're, we're calling their names now. And on this podcast, you know, we weren't shy about saying what the hell's going on with all our high draft picks. Just in the offseason, we were saying it and right. we were saying last year. It was like, hey, you know, what, what's going on with these guys? We, we, we draft all these, you know, we, we invest in all these high picks. Um, Jarvis Jones. Um, oh, uh, Jarvis Jones, another one Another one we, we played without. He didn't play that. Guess, you know, no one even noticed he didn't. We have so many good outside linebackers. That it doesn't was matter. he injured? Injured, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've but been Dupree at, was out there. Where are they? So now that they're showing up, um, if it turns out they can play, and they're and and now it's pointing in that direction, um, then yeah, then all okay. Now you got a young team with some depth to it because you know your your, your picks are starting to. Are starting to mature. Yeah, everything's starting to come together credit now. To the credit to the coaching staff uh, and the and the and the, the scouts and. I, you know, I would also argue that this team has played without Antonio Brown essentially because they haven't had a quarterback who can actually get him. The, you know, and it's, they, this team has won football games where there's been no Ben, there's been no Bell, there's been no AB, no kicker. Well, we didn't win the game without a kicker, but uh, you know, no Shazier, no Jones, no Cortez. You know, the list, no pouncy, the list goes on and on and on, right? This is, this is a deep, no one's going to say it, but this team is a deep foot, a deep football team. They have real talent, and Mike Tomlin has been preaching forever, next man up, next man up, next man up, next man up. This team believes in it. This team buys in it. You know, uh, I know you guys always make fun of the, the style, throwing style points out the window. Um, but, and this was, you know, this was supposed to be the style points year, but this has been the ultimate throw style points out the window year. Well, at least over the last three or four games, it has been. And next man up, I mean, our guy Alejandro Villanueva. Yeah, Villanueva. Is that how you say it there? Yeah, yeah. I mean, for him to come in out of nowhere, so it seems, and just be solid. I mean, they never, you they never called his name. No holding penalties. Didn't give up any sacks. Nothing. nothing. I mean, he just seemed to play solid. And um, and I guess Mike Adams was injured, so he was the next man up. And Mike Adams will continue to be injured. So we had to uh, sign uh, – oh, by the way, Beecham's out the year. He tore his ACL. Um, so we, we have a new backup tackle. But, you know, Villanueva will be the left tackle for the rest of the year. But Villanueva didn't miss a beat. You know, he's playing – again, he's, he's playing one of the best pass rushers. Well, actually, their, their best guy was hurt. But still, uh, you know, he's playing as one of the best defenses in the league. And, and, yeah, like you said, didn't miss a beat. And here's a guy who was playing uh, – I believe it was tight end two years ago or linebacker for the Eagles. Tomlin I think him, he – he played defensive line for the Eagles, but his last year of college, he played wide receiver, I believe. He played wide receiver, yeah. Or tight end. Tomlin told a great story during his press conference today where he, you know, he just saw this giant dude saluting during the national anthem when they played the Eagles in preseason last year. And he thought, you know, who's that guy? I want, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta find, we gotta figure out who that guy is. And if he gets cut, I want him. And then ended up getting him. And now here he is, our new starting left tackle. So and, Tomlin scouted him personally. Per, yes, t- scouted him personally during pregame 
uh, in fact, during the National Anthem. Uh, always scouting. Always <laughs> always on the lookout. And, and, you know, look, depending on how Villanueva plays this year, he may be our new left tackle of the future um, because Beecham, you know, this, this kind of – this is pretty terrible, but he declined to take uh, a contract extension this offseason because, you see, the Steelers are going to lowball him, being that he's only really done this for one year. And he felt like, no, I'm going to do this again, and then you're going to have to pay me real left tackle money. And then this happens. It's pretty crappy. Um, but, I just, you know, it's an opportunity for Villanueva now to prove himself. So can we have a um, a moment of appreciation? Since we can't have a, a standing ovation, there's only three of us, mm-hmm. and no one can see us anyway. But we should have a moment of appreciation uh, for the Boz, Boswell mm-hmm. Picker, who it was very, very refreshing at Heinz Field um, to see the opposing kicker miss a 40-something yarder. Yes. And then Boswell make one from 51 or 52 yards. 51, yeah. Yeah, that, that is, that is right. That's just, that's just right. And I haven't felt this good about a kicker, a Steelers kicker, since Gary Anderson. Oh, don't, you forget about how good Swisha was. And you know why? Because, because in order to have a Gary Anderson, you first have to have a Matt Barr. Oh, here we go. (laughs) So we had our Matt Barr, Scobie, and now we have... Now, maybe, maybe we have. You always think I'm don't, jumping the... Don't jinx him. In, the guy comes in, and, and really, I shouldn't even say guy. The kid comes in, okay, and he, and he, and he, and he just kicked field goals, and, and he does it from, for the first time he's ever kicked in the NFL. He just makes field goals. Oh, yeah, kick a 51-yarder. Bam! Puts a 51-yarder through. Uh, you know, on the, on the Steelers where, you know, missing kicks is now a, a way of life in, in 2015, and there's, there's Tony wanting to make wanting to make a oh don't jump the gun and say the guy's too good. Well, no, no, I'm just saying you forget about how good Swisham. Oh, I don't know. I was saying you forget how good Swisham. I mean, Swisham was the most accurate kicker in the league for the last. Swisham is underappreciated because he did not succeed a Matt Barr. Yeah, I mean, I think I think you know you, you we had a great kicker and we went we went from a great kicker to a bad kicker and now back to a so far great kicker potentially great kicker. Uh, you know, and the 51 yarder this week was as impressive, you know, as impressive as Bryant or, uh, or Landry or the defense was, you know, this kid going back out there. We asked him to kick four. He makes all four, including the 50 yarder. Great. That's great. And not only did he make them, uh, cause I was a little critical of his extra points last week yes. that were a little too close to the right post for me on an extra point. But these were just sweet, man. I mean, sweet stroke right down the middle. I, there was no doubt on every kick. No. I mean, we didn't have to worry at all about these 50 yarders where sometimes they're close to the post. You can't even tell until you see the ref's hands go up when you're watching on TV. These were no doubt, man. Yeah, this was, this you was. Gotta like that in Heinz Field. Yeah, it was, it was right down the center. You know, nothing but the back of the net. Uh, uh you know, he, uh, it, you know, we are a kicker away from being a 5 and one football team. Um, but we have that kicker now. So going forward, we're fine. Um, I do, okay, before we move on, I do want to do big picture here in a second, but I guess before we move on, uh, I guess we have to talk about the point conversion because that's people want to talk about it, people have opinions on it. So what do you guys think? Was it the right call? At that point, it was 12 to 10. I, I, I have an opinion on this. At the time, I had no problem with it because, um, yeah, it would have made it 13-10, but you were still – I think you were still in the mode. Because Landry Jones had played what four plays at that point? Yes. Five plays. You're still in the mode. We 
you have to get all the points you can get when you can get them, and we're going to go for two. That's what we started thinking last week when we had a struggle scoring, and so I was in that mindset. Now, after they missed it and the score was 12 to 10, I started regretting that decision a little bit. <laughs> Thinking like, hey, man, we could lose this game with a field goal. So it was kind of, but I could understand it. Um, you know, obviously, if if Coach Tomlin keeps doing that and gets burned, you know, by uh, by one point at the end of a game, I don't know, he may rethink it. But you got to like going for it. I, I loved going for it. I loved going for it. I thought it was, I thought it was ballsy. I thought it was, um, and I, I thought it showed the the faith that Tomlin had in an offense that was led by a quarterback who knew the offense. Um, I think he. I think what we saw with Ben this year is that we are not afraid to go for two, no matter what the score is. It doesn't matter what the score is. We can go for two at any point, right? Uh, you know, we went for we went for two against San Francisco. The score is six nothing. There's no reason to go for two. There is no score yet. Still went for two. Got it, right? Um, I, I think. You put teams in weird scenarios when you do that. Um, you know, you also put defenses on the back foot. Like, oh man, they're you know they're going for two. Why? Um, and I, you know, it was a it was a good play call. It was a play call to Brown. Uh, you know, there probably was defensive pass interference on the play. They didn't call it. Uh, whatever. Um, but I, you know, I like it. I, I like it going forward. And I like that there's no fear even when Jones is in the game. Um, I, I think Tomlin always says, you know, you don't we don't play we don't live in our fears. And I think this was, you know, this was that kind of play. Okay, so I, I didn't understand it at the time. I, I think I get it. I think I get it now. But during the game, I was just like, why, why, why are we going for two? This doesn't make any sense. Because of the score, mostly. Right. 12 to 10. Right. Okay? Make it 13 to 10. Okay. Especially we got Jones in there. And this goes to my, you know, look. I know we scored a touchdown. I know things, you know, went well on the drive and, and things look good now. Why the hell are you pushing this? I don't understand it. I don't get what the benefit is. Make it, you know, make it a, make it a field goal. Just make it a field goal game. Um, because who knows how much more scoring there's going to be and you don't want a field goal to be able to beat you. Field goals are too cheap in the NFL. Um, although they are, they are a little more expensive this year than they have been previously. Yeah, maybe he was scared Bob's going to miss it. Um, so, um, but I, I, I guess I get it. I get it because I think Tomlin wanted to, Tomlin wanted to find out what Landry could do on that, in that situation. Um, I, I think that's, I think it was a, an assessment. Um, yeah, he threw the pick, you know, so that was kind of crappy. Um, yeah, you know, it was actually like a Super Bowl play. If you will, if you watch the play, it was a lot like a Super Bowl play where, you know, the defender, I mean, this, this one, it was, you know, where, where in the Super Bowl, like, the defender jumped the route. This one was more of, like, Peterson pushed his way through, so it's probably interference, but. You're talking New England-Seattle Super Bowl. Yeah. Not James Harrison Super Bowl. No, no, yeah, no, 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 This is a Steeler podcast. We only, no, no, when no, you no, no. I'm talking about, well, I mean, look, that's, it was the, it didn't look like the James Harrison play. The James Harrison play was no. gone down the sideline. This was one where it was in the middle of the field. It was a slant route over the, you know, over the middle. Right. Maybe that's what I think of, though. But, uh. I mean, were you guys worried a little bit when he started returning that? A little bit. That's a two, that's two points. I mean, yeah, it was going to be twelve to twelve, and I was like, this twelve is to twelve. When you could have went up thirteen ten. Right now, yeah. Could yeah. you imagine that? It could be thirteen ten, but instead it's twelve twelve in one play. That's weird. We don't live in our fears, man. That's why we blitz every play. I, by the way, I love the way Keith Butler calls to the defense. He does a terrific job of showing blitz, 
and then coming back, showing blitz, bringing everybody, showing blitz, only bringing a couple. Um, you know, just mixing it up. Guys are coming from everywhere. We saw it again this week. You know, and it, it's not like guys are coming free on every play or that or that Palmer's always getting hit on every play, right? He's not getting hit on every play. It's not pressure on every play. But there's the threat of pressure on every play. And, he, you know, he can never be settled back there. Um, you know, I, I think Keith Butler has been um, as good as we could have hoped coming off of, a, you know, a LeBeau defense. Uh, any fears that we had about, about, uh, about um, you know, this guy are gone. I think that's a key that you just pointed out there, though, that they don't you – know, a lot of times they they come with five or maybe even six. Actually, when they come with six, usually someone is free and they have to get rid of it before he gets in. But even when they come with five and no one's free and everyone gets picked up, it's not like he can stand in the pocket and just wait and wait and wait. He knows he's got to get rid of it because, because those guys, the guys that we have, especially Haywood and Tuitt, they're going to beat their guy one-on-one if you give him enough time. Right. And so it's not like he can just, you know, you rush three or four and you stand there and you can wait and wait and wait and then find someone open. Um, that's not happening. And and just like you said, the mixing it up, it seems like they come with five and six a lot, but I don't think they really do. I think that sometimes they drop off eight and only rush three. Only rush three, and, yeah. I think it's three, three and four most of the time, and then they'll bring five and six. He mixes it up well. He does, and he's blitzing different kinds of you know, things, blitzing safeties, blitzing corners. Let's see, inside linebackers, outside linebackers. Um, it's, and I don't know what happened over the last few years because I really missed that over the last years. I don't know why LeBeau didn't want to do that more, but they didn't for whatever reason. The yeah, safeties yeah. in the corners. I think that he wanted to play more of a, a you know a style of defense where it was limiting big plays, but it just didn't work. I mean, he was giving up far too many big plays. Hell, the, you know the LeBeau defenses over the past couple years gave up way more big plays than this this team had. It's rare if you see a team. You know, getting long 30, 40 yards. Gone are the days of the bomb touchdown against. I guess who, who had a bomb touchdown against? 49ers had the bomb touchdown against us? I think. Maybe the Ravens. Torrey Smith. Oh yeah, it was, it was Torrey Smith for the Niners. The Niners. But that game was over at that point. Alright, let's talk big picture here. Now you guys, you guys mentioned, both of you said that, you know, the, the the Steelers are kind of being disrespected, uh, in the national media. Um, I've kind of seen it both ways. Uh, I've seen you know, some some places, uh, you know, will not have us, you know, will say nothing about us or, you know, uh, don't really feature the Steelers at all. And then uh, the other the other side is that we were on the front page of Yahoo today as the sleeper team of the um, and, and there are a couple other uh, publications that are are talking about the Steelers. And, uh, well, disrespect right there. How the hell are the the Steelers are a sleeper team? Yeah, they, well, I, what they mean is what, what Yahoo was saying is there no one's no one's Who's talking about expecting anything out of these guys, and we know you're no, no, not. No, 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 no. The, no, the, 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 the thrust of the article, the thrust of the article was that um, no one's talking. This is the team that is a contender that no one's talking about, which I think hey, is the so, argument you guys were trying to make. But scoot over, guys, because in the next couple weeks there's going to be many people jumping on our bandwagon. Well, you, I, you knew if we beat the Cardinals no, I, that people were going to start to talk. The, the question. Is you know what were they going to say? Um, I think two weeks from now is the is the real key. Like if we're six and four and we beat the Bengals, you know, just get get ready because literally everyone is going to jump on this bandwagon. This is just but a blip. Well, the the my, my contention was not so much that the Steelers, the entire team, is being disrespected. Uh, the offense, if anything, is being 
you know, it's being praised for being able to pull off a couple of plays and reel off some points in the end, uh, some way, somehow and win the game. Um, it's the, it's the defense that's being disrespected and, and not really disrespected, just overlooked. And I don't even know that it's, it's disrespect as much as it is just, they don't even understand what that, that, the philosophy of playing a defensive game, keeping a game close so that you can win it at the end, um, so that you have a chance to win it at the end. Um, I mean, the, the, that, that's Bill Cower football. We did that for 15 years. Um, yeah. what the Broncos are doing right now too. The Broncos are actually playing a very yeah, That is, uh, I don't want to get off the Steeler thing, but that, uh, it would, well, the Broncos aren't going to win a Super Bowl this year because the Steelers are, but, uh, that, that would be a, a fitting ending to Peyton Manning's career is that, that here's a man who carried the team, carried every team he'd ever been on, you know, since maybe his rookie season and, and, you know, comes away with one Super Bowl win and one Super Bowl loss, um, and, and gets a Super Bowl win in the end. Based not on himself, but on the on the team that he participates with and doesn't carry. Yeah, uh, I think the problem. Well, I mean, I know we're going to talk about Peyton here for a second, but I think the problem for them is that uh, I don't think they can win a Super Bowl with Peyton Manning right now. As weird as that is, you know, he's on pace to throw something like thirty interceptions. This, you know, you could do that in the regular season when you're playing the Raiders and the Browns and the Vikings, but you know, you get into the playoffs and like if they play us and he turns the ball over like that. You know, or he does that against the Patriots, it's game over. He's got limitations, and he knows it. And um, and I think that you know he's still trying to squeeze things in when he really can't. And the only way they're going to make a run at the Super Bowl is if they figure that out, or they figure out their offense and and start clicking by the you know down the stretch. They've got a great defense, no doubt about it. They've got a great. De- you know, when I said I couldn't think of another defense besides the Cardinals, I guess I you know they blanked on them because they you know they're they're up there. The upper echelon of defenses in the NFL, but they still gave up a lot of points to the Browns. They did. Josh McCown. Well, I, I, like they it have was, the time for a lot. Play. I mean, it was twenty twenty-three. Yeah, that's true. That much, man. You know, I'm looking at the power rankings and ESPN's power rankings. Don't and look at really, ESPN's. Don't. Okay. I shouldn't give them any time because this is ridiculous. It's look. You know, my brother sent this to me right before we started the podcast. And I, I, I honestly thought it was just a troll. I, I was just like, there's no way that these power rankings are real because it is, it, yeah. it's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. So we shouldn't even talk about it. Oh, this does should, make sense. Let's just, well, I already talked about it, so spill it. I just want to, I just want to, okay, let's just say it. Okay. The week seven power rankings go, we'll just start with number 10. Number 10 is the Steelers. Okay. The 10th best team in the NFL, which you know what? I, I, 10th best. Yeah. You know, okay. Okay. Not too bad until you read what? <laughs> until you read that last week they ranked us as the number nine team in the NFL, which means somehow we beat the Cardinals and ESPN went, yeah, I mean, they're still good, but I mean, I, I could think of actually one more team that's better than them. And then it gets better though. Oh, and by the way, the team that they moved ahead of us uh, was two, the, two teams moved ahead. Uh, that's right. Two, two teams moved ahead, right? Because the Seahawks moved down past us. We are better than the two and four Seahawks in ESPN's minds, which I guess is good. But we're not as good as the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Yeah, the Jets are better than us because they beat the Redskins. Good job. And then this is and this is the one where it's just like – the, And the, the Jets moved up three spots because they beat the Redskins. Right. They moved three spots because they and beat the Redskins. And we moved down one because we beat the Cardinals. Now go ahead with the next right. one. The next one is the Eagles. The Eagles who move up six spots from beating the Giants. 
to the number nine team. And the Steelers, who were number nine last week, moved down to number ten. And then, but hold on, before we go on or before Joe, you go on your rant, Joe, I need yeah. to say one more thing about these atrocious power rankings, which is that the Arizona Cardinals last week were number six on these power rankings. Right? Okay, six better teams than them. Yeah, I mean, you know, Panthers, Bengals, you know, whatever. Uh no no, this week the Cardinals move up. They move up in the power ranking. They're the fourth best team in the NFL now. They somehow they leapfrog the Bengals and uh who uh and the Falcons. Okay. The four they lost to Landry friggin' Jones. Okay, they lost to Landry friggin' Jones. And they move up two spots. Well, this is why this is why college football has playoffs now. <laughs> yeah. This is Because I mean, people are uh, I mean, they're just fools. They're abject fools. Uh, you know, I, you, you watch some of their, I, I tell you, I, Monday Night Football was last night. I put on, I put on, uh, ESPN, right? Is that the one that has the game on Monday yeah. night? Mm-hmm. Or is it whichever one has the, this is a long show. Somebody has a long pre, I couldn't watch it. It's not watchable. It's stuff is just garbage. Um, and, and so, you know, these are the people that bring you the ESP power rankings. It's that, it's that group there, whoever's, you know, I know they may not be the on-air personalities, but it's the it's the brain trust behind them. Uh, that has to be a joke, though, just to get reaction like it, we it just ha- did. It has. I mean, this, has is, so, this is such clickbaity. If you go to, if you scroll down to the comments, I mean, they just, ESPN just gets killed by, by Steeler fans. Um, but... I don't know. I no, said these are just dumb. by Steeler fans. No one else. No, no one else in the league is upset with that. Well, I know the Steeler fans are down. I mean, I, I'm sure that there are other fans in here, but it's all Steeler. I mean, all I'm reading is Steeler fans. Um, no, Steeler fans went nuts. Um, no, okay, but here's my thing about uh, okay, where the Steelers are in the NFL right now, right? Um, we we've talked about in the past couple of weeks that there aren't very many good teams in the NFL at all. Period. Right? Um, the Steelers have been doing it, you know, with one arm tied behind their back for the past couple weeks. And either this, you know, Ben's going to practice all week and maybe he plays, probably it's Landry. Um, but the week after, so at some point in the future, and whether it's Landry or Ben this week, we probably win anyway because Chiefs are terrible. And our defense do the same thing they've done these last two weeks. But at some point we're going to get Ben back, right? At some point we're going to get Ben back. Now, when that happens, we're 4-2 and two now. We, we're a 4-2 and two team that... You know, considering how the offense has played, we should probably be two and four, right? Just just if you look at the offensive production in the last three weeks, probably should be two and four. So, question to you guys is: uh, A, I think division back on, right? Div- division we're no, we're no longer division over, division back on. But I also think uh, bye week back on, right? Who you know, I'm back to who scares me. Right. Well, I mean, if it's if it's we're two games behind the Bengals. Um, and the Bengals are in that group, remember, with, that played the opponents with a collective 35% win percentage. Um, so, you know, that's. But you can't blame them for that. They're just playing I'm the not schedule. Blame, I'm but not but you can't them. say. Just saying. They're not great because they haven't beat a great team they, yet. You can say that. But they're well, playing I'm not even schedule. saying that. I'm just saying that they beat teams they're supposed to beat if they're going to be a good team. Okay? So. I'm not going to even say they're a bad team. No one's, no one's going to argue that, okay? But to sit here and say, "Wow, you know, they're undefeated," and you know how the Steelers expect to beat that, okay? So um, uh, we're two games behind the undefeated Bengals, um, and we have we get to play them twice. Uh, swept them last year twice. Uh, you know, my, the only thing going in their favor is 
I don't know how you beat a team four times in a row. Um, uh, but uh, <laughs> the Steelers will find a way. Even know that it's going to come to that. I don't know that the you know the the Bengals the, can the Steelers make up two games on the Bengals if we just split with them. Um, yeah, I, I think it's possible. Of course, it's possible. There's a lot of games left to play, and the the Bengals have not faced stiff competition yet. When they do, and there's not that much of it, like Tony just said. Um, when they do, what happens? And they also, what, you know, what kind of adversity are they facing? I don't know. Do they have any key injuries yet? Have they had to play, you know, with a with a you know with a big hole in their roster with a thing they like to do that they can't do anymore? Do they do they have to do that yet? Because they will at some point. Yeah, and, and well, okay. So here's the the one thing that we do have going against us. I didn't realize this until until you started talking about the the Bengals schedule. So I looked it up. They they have they have a bye week this week. So. Right, they're playing us after two weeks, so I get it. Yeah, they're playing us on a bye week. Yeah, they're gonna have a bye going into us. You know, they get they get two weeks to prepare. Uh, you know, it'll be an interesting game. I no, they have not. By the way, no, they have not lost any big players this year. You know, there isn't. Um, you know, that big injury that they've had that really set that team back. Um, you know, they are they are full speed ahead. You know, they're scoring thirty points a game. Uh, you know, they're killing people. But like you got, you know, like you said, Joe, they haven't played. You know, they haven't exactly played the who's who. Not, you know, not to say that they haven't played, you know, legitimate opponents. Um, you know, I think three of their wins, I mean, hell, you could argue four of their wins are somewhat legitimate. I mean, you know, the NFL is so bad this year that, you know, it's hard to beat anyone and then go, wow, we beat a good team. Because there's no, those teams don't exist and they're all undefeated. Um, but, I mean, you know, they beat, okay, so they beat the Raiders in week one. You know, the Raiders are okay. They beat the Chargers. You know, the Chargers are okay, I guess. Uh, they beat the Seahawks. Again, I mean, you know, Seahawks are okay. And then they beat the Bills, another team where I'm like, they're okay. Right. Well, I mean, you can't be bad and beat those teams. Right. Poor football, so, those teams. You can't, you, you can't even be just average and win all of those games. You're going to lose. You're going to lose them. So they're definitely above average. They're definitely a good team. They're not, they're not, you know, it's not going to be a, a cakewalk for anybody to beat them. So let's look at possible losses on their schedule because they, they have at the Steelers, then the Browns, Texans, and then at the Cardinals. So, you know, if the Steelers beat them, they could lose at the Cardinals. That would be two losses. And they got the the Rams at home, then at the Browns again, and then the Steelers at home, then yeah. at the Niners, at okay, the Broncos, so Ravens at home. Can I, can I just tell you how I, you know, every now and again I have a, I have football fantasies. Um, <laughs> so I'm, and I'm having one of those little fantasies right now. So I'm I'm hearkening back to a six and zero team that came to Pittsburgh in the ninth. <laughs> yeah, they were the they were the toast of the NFL. The New Orleans came to Pittsburgh six and zero, and the Steelers defense. It was really just a defense then. Just just annihilated. I mean, it was a it was it was it was it was a defensive like expose an exposition. It was like it was a fun fest and watch. It was a fun fest. Like, I mean, among the best fun fests of all time. It may have been the original. The Harlem Globetrotters play defense against the bozos of basketball. It would be, it would be that game, right? Uh, and the, the, uh, Saints were no longer a contender after them. They weren't just six and one. It was like the Steelers beat them ten times that day. Um, and, and I don't know what their record ended up being that year, but it was, it was nothing like, Ten and six. It was. I, I don't even know that they had a winning record that year. Um, and uh, so <laughs> here's a six and zero team coming to Pittsburgh. Mike Tomlin. 
uh, you know, can you, can you get your team up? So that's actually good. That, that's good that they have a bye week. So they're definitely going to be undefeated coming into Pittsburgh. Yep, we're going to have a six and zero Bengals against the six and zero. Yeah, hopefully five and two Steelers. Hopefully, I've been told that uh, Vontez Perfect or Perfect or whatever his name is, their their middle linebacker, that's you know uh, a, a real playmaker on their defense, is injured. So um, they did lose somebody. But they have a defensive lineman that had twenty two sacks last season. Is that true? Uh, right? Is he out? No, he's going to play. Oh, oh, oh. But I'm just saying that, you know, that's one to watch for. Yeah, uh, is it Reggie, is Reggie Nelson or is it Dunlap? Now, Reggie I Nelson is the safety, right? Am I going crazy? Yeah, Reggie Nelson had to have been Dunlap looking it up. I mean, I think they have two good defensive linemen, but one of them had 22 sacks last season. 22? That's a lot. That is a lot. You know, Adkins? Unless I heard it wrong. Oh. Man, I'm looking, I'm trying, I'm like, wow, who the hell had 22 sacks in this team? I want a player with 22 sacks. Are you sure that that's not for his career? Uh, 22. No, 20. You can have 22 in a year. Although 22. If I have this wrong, you're gonna have to edit this out. No, I'm not editing it out. You're fine. All right, look, it's gotta be Michael Johnson. Not Michael Johnson either. I can't find him, Mike. That's right. They have a guy this year with six sacks. Actually, they have a ton of sacks this year. They have 17 sacks total. They have Carlos Dunlap with six and a half. They have Geno Atkins who has four. Um, you know, that defense gets after it. Carlos Dunlap's going to be a problem, especially because he's going to be going against Villanueva. Uh, Villanueva is a, he's not a rookie, but he's a new guy. But okay, so looking past the Bengals, right? We have to play the Bengals twice. Um, but I, I, I think the next four games going into the bye week, you know, we're getting into that don't have a letdown game territory. At Chiefs, I mean, look, if Landry has a step back, I would be surprised with this offense. It just seems like you – and I don't want to say you could throw anybody out there, but Landry's kind of the perfect guy because, you know, there isn't a ton of tape on him. I mean, there's tape on him from preseason, but again, you know, you got to go back to preseason tape to look up this guy. Okay, I mean, you could do that. Um, you know, but here's a guy who knows you knows the offense, knows Haley's offense. Um, you know, he's making, he's making audibles. In fact, they said that uh, – Tomlin was asked um, today if he liked the fact that, that – Landry audibled, I believe it was the touchdown play, um, and Talman got, I mean, this is as, as angry as Talman as I've ever seen him in a press conference. In fact, he said, is there anyone else who has a legitimate question before I actually answered the question? And, he, you know, his answer to the question was simple, which is, this guy is a professional football player. Um, but I think the, the question, the questioner's point there, uh, or the person asking the questions, his, his point is that Vic is not changing the play at the line, right? That is a part of the offense that is gone now. It's not as though Vic is looking at the defense and saying, oh, actually, let's run this other play, right? Because he just doesn't have that rapport with the offense to be able to do that. Landry does, right? You know, Landry has all this stuff. So there's a possibility to take a step back, but I think with the amount of talent and the amount of experience you have, it's going to be tough. I heard that the uh, play that he changed at the line of scrimmage, maybe it was the touchdown also, but it was definitely the back shoulder fade to uh, Antonio Brown. Brown. Okay, That was a run play. And he basically pulled his face mask or did something at the line that uh, told him, you know, change the play. One thing that and was really that was good to see. Yeah. One. Did you guys notice? You know how Ben always comes to the line and he he does the two arms out like he's pointing to like a corner and a safety. You know, he's yeah. pointing to coverage. Landry kept doing that. Did you guys see Landry doing that? I yeah. just got a kick out of it. I got a kick out of it. I thought it was <laughs> like so he, funny. Like he was imitating his yeah, big like, brother. Like, I'm like, what do you? What do you? You know, I just thought it was funny that he was <laughs> switching plays and he was doing that. I'm like, look, Landry. Calm down, bro. 
you're Landry Jones. Like, you know, you, you got to calm down with the, like, calm. The, but you know what? Great, even, great. It, even if he wasn't switching plays, it's just good to do that. Just act like you're, you know what you're doing. Act like you're confident. Right. But here's the, the truth of the matter is he probably was switching, changing plays and, and reading the defense and doing something. We didn't see Michael Vick do that very much. No, no. And I, and, and, and we talked about, you know, you know, what's funny about Landry coming in this week and having as good a game as he did is we just had this conversation on the podcast last week. We just talked about there being no good quarterbacks and how, you know, in order for there to be good quarterbacks, you have to kind of let them sit now and you have to let them learn an offense and learn offensive concepts and everything. And then out comes Landry friggin' Jones, who's been sitting on the bench for three years. You know, here he is in year four, and he's asked to to play the second half of a game in which, you know, and, and one thing he said during um, you know, during his press conference is like, you know, this was tough for me because, you know, I don't get reps. Like, I didn't get any reps in practice. It was all Vic, right? And, he, and you know, and, and for, you know, Landry never gets reps because he's the third string. Um, so, you know, but he said, look, I just had to be prepared anyway. You know, you got to prepare anyway. Even though you're not getting, even though you're not getting reps. Um, uh, other than that, this it was kind of the perfect scenario to come into a game because let's say that um, that Vic got hurt at the end of the game and then he was just going to start this game. I mean, to start a game at the beginning, I don't. I mean, sure you can prepare for it, so that is better. But just to get thrown in there, where basically the team's in desperation. They and the other good thing for him for confidence was that. They were not moving the ball prior to that. So it's almost like he felt, had to feel like, well, I can't do any worse than right, the offense has do been worse. doing, right? And, and then the other thing is that, um, they have nowhere else to look. So when I throw the ball at Antonio Brown's feet, well, that's what you're getting out of me right now. And I am all you got. Right. So, right. you know, I, I know you're not going to pull me. They can't. They literally, gonna, they literally can't pull him. What are you going to do? Le'Veon Bell and yeah. Wildcat? Wildcat? Which I'm surprised they didn't do any of that in that yeah. game. Yeah. I think it's because the the Cardinals were playing the run so heavily that it would just wouldn't matter. If you watch some of those plays, uh, yeah. you know they're they're shooting the gap on every play that even resembles a run. And what what really made me angry about Vic, I, I don't you know I don't really want to talk too badly about Vic here because the guy's career is over. And, and his, in his defense, he's only been there for like seven weeks right. Right. with there, a complicated offense. Right. But Haley ran a play. I, it might have been in the second quarter or something where it was a, it was a play action. Rollout, and I, I believe it was Bryant on that side of the field with him. Um, and it just seemed like this is okay. This is your perfect play, Mike. You got this, Vic. And he just immediately tucks it and runs. And he did that a lot of times. I mean, there was a lot of plays where it was just drop back, tuck it, run. Drop back, tuck it, run. And I mean, it was the only time it really got positive yardage. And it it almost got to be his bread and butter. Yeah. Because yeah, you're right. That's the only time they were getting yardage. Um. But, but here's a, this is one thing to think about, and they asked about it at the press conference. I mean, if, if Ben and Vic are hurt or injured and cannot play in the game coming up, I mean, they have to get a backup quarterback. Right. Who's it going to be? It's got to be Tyler Murphy, I feel like. Yeah, because he's been in camp. As, as scary as that is, because here's a guy who we converted to wide receiver. Like, we're going to have a guy – if Landry were to get hurt in this game, let's say Ben can't play, and Landry gets hurt in this game, then we have a converted wide receiver playing. It would be like if Rand, Antoine randall had to play quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I mean, really, because if he gets hurt, like, in the first quarter, that's going to be strange. Yeah, it's going to be the st- – well, you just go to Wildcat at that point. You're just – Yeah, you have to. You're just hoping the defense can make big plays again. I, I think if you look at the Kansas City game coming up, this is – you know, if the game last year um, was such a great defensive – it was kind of the, the like, defensive swagger game of last year, right? The game where the defense just came out and said, no, no, we got this. Don't even worry about it, offense. Like, this is all us. 
Um, you know, that was a, last year was a year in which well, Charles was having a great year. He was having 100-yard games, uh, killing people through the air and the ground, and they shut him down in that foot. Uh, there was nothing the Chiefs could do to score points, and the Steelers ended up winning that game like 20 to 10 or something. I think it was a relatively low. I'm going to look it up now. 20 to 12. They kicked four field goals. They couldn't even get a touchdown. Um, you know, and that was the that was the game in which we clinched our playoff berth and we knocked them out. But Jamal Charles had 29 yards rushing. I think that game, that performance, was very reminiscent of of the kind of performance you're seeing from this team this year, which is games a game that is really dominated by our front seven, um, and and you know causes them to have an inability to run the football uh, and then you know rush the passer and make them one one dimensional. Um, I, I think this should be a re- whether it's whether it's Landry or it's Ben, I mean, if it's Ben, it should be very easy. But if it's Landry, I still feel like this should be an easy win for the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers should have any trouble in this game because of defense. I agree. I think it's going to be a, a pretty smooth sailing game. I think that I think Landry Drones is going to come down to earth a little bit. I think he'll play okay or play good, good enough to win. And um, Le'Veon Bell may do very well as well. But the defense is going to hold them. I think it's going to be, I'm going to give you a score prediction here, mm-hmm. 24-13 Steelers. And um, I must vindicate myself here because I looked up the stats, and but now I lost them. The Bengals? Are we doing the Bengals thing back again? No, we're doing oh. the uh, sack leaders of last year, Elvis Dumerville. 17 sacks, J.J. Watt, 20.5, Justin Houston, linebacker. So he's not a defensive lineman, linebacker for Kansas City Chiefs, 22 sacks. 22 sacks, yeah, Kansas City, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, Houston Houston has a great pass rush, and it's going to be interesting to see what Landry does against that. Um, And like I said, the the only thing that worries me about Landry, the only thing, is that he does stare down that first receiver. And because he does that, it eliminates Le'Veon Bell for the passing game. Le'Veon is very rarely uh, the number one option. If you and to, to, and to illustrate that point, I think if you go back and watch the the game and you go to that last red zone opportunity that Landry had, the one where he kicked the field on second down, it's second and goal from like the six. Landry goes with I think actually I think it was second and six, and we could have still got a first down. Whatever. Um, he throws a fade. Brown in the back of the end zone, and he just kind of bloops it and overthrows it. Really, Brown had no chance to get his feet. But if you watch that play, watch. He threw it to the wrong side of Brown on that play. Yeah. Brown wanted it inside. He threw it outside. Right. Instead of watching A.B. on that play, watch Le'Veon cut over the middle on an in route. Because he's wide open, and he could possibly make that guy who's covering him miss and either get a touchdown but probably get the first down. And he doesn't even look at Bell because he's going to Brown the whole way, right? Uh, I don't know if that's something that he can solve in one week. Hopefully the coaching staff can, you know, kind of show him that and show him that there are other reads you can go to. Uh, and not that it has to be like a full, you know, go through all your progressions. It's clearly, you know, he's Landry Jones. Let's not overload him. But you want him, especially in games like this where they're going to be blitzing, to understand where the hot read is. If you're going to only go one one way, then just make sure you know where you're going and that that's the right guy to go to, you know. Because, and you saw it in Arizona, right? Yes, he stared down the receiver every single play that he threw the ball, right? He really didn't go through his progressions at all. But he always threw to the open guy. He always threw to the guy who was open. Every play 
that every throw he made was to an open receiver, and the only ones that were incomplete were bad, were poor throws. There was the one that was behind Brown. There was the one that was to Brown. There was the overthrow to, to Bryant on the touchdown, uh, on the first touchdown. The, the first play is the overthrow to Bryant. And the, then there's the overthrow to, uh, to Brown in the end. Those are really the only incompletions he had were inaccuracy, not poor decision-making. But, you know, like you guys said, Kansas City is going to watch that tape. They're going to watch Landry. And he's got he's, he's to make sure that he doesn't get fooled into throwing to the wrong guy. And that's when interceptions start to happen. That's when turnovers start to happen. Um, and that, you know, that's the one thing we haven't done these last couple weeks, turn the ball over. That's what he's got to avoid. So I guess uh, if we're doing score predictions, um, look, like I said, I don't. I think defensively, it's, it's all defense here. I, you know, I, I think turnovers galore in this one. The Chiefs are not going to run the ball. There, Paul Charles is hurt for the year. Uh, Jeremy Macklin is dealing with concussion, so he might not even play. Which is going to have no talent offensively. Um, you know, it's going to be really, really hard for them to score. This is going to be the kind of game where you're just hoping, you know, don't screw it up on offense. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give them short fields because defensively we shouldn't have a, a real problem here. Um, and then, I, you know, look, I, I believe in Landry. And, and, and uh, I'm not just saying that because, I, you know, I want him to do well. But, you know, watching him play, um, the guy makes some really nice throws. makes some really nice passes. And on a team with so many playmakers, uh, I think he can't help but be successful. I, I think we win. Uh, I, I, I don't think we put up a ton of points. You know, I'm, I'll stick with your score, Mike. I think we score 24 and we give up, like, Nice wow. defensive battle. Only six? Or defensive performance there. Yeah. Man. Okay, well, can I, I, I was going to say nine. <laughs> I won up to you. Field goals, yeah. You, you undercut me on that. And um, I do think the defense is going to shut them down. Um, they don't have much to shut down, so they'll do it. It, it won't be a big, tall order for the defense. Um and I think Landry will have some moderate success, and then there will be some, you know, some moderate frustration. He's not gonna, he's not gonna light it up. Uh, and I'll, I'll give him uh, two touchdowns and two field goals, twenty to nine. Yeah, I, I think that that's right around where where we're gonna be. Um, I just, you know, I think that the, you know, but the fact that we're all saying that Landry, it just, just think about, it, just think about, go back and listen to our season preview podcast and the preseason podcast when we're talking about Landry and. I remember telling, I remember saying that we should probably just cut him and move on, get another third string quarterback. Um, and now we're all in agreement that he's probably going to put up twenty. Landry mm-hmm. Jones is probably going to throw twenty on a team, right? That's I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and listen. I think I was a little more positive on Landry. I liked what I saw from him in preseason, noting that he was inconsistent. Though he'd have some good plays and some bad plays. Very inconsistent. <laughs> but this is this is how I would coach him for this game if I was Todd Haley. You were saying earlier about his progression. I would say all these plays are designed to work, and they're designed to uh, work for the number one or the, the your first read. Throw it to him if he's open. If he's not open, skip your second, skip your third, skip your fourth read, dump it off to Bell. Those are your two options. He's either open or dump it off to Bell. Right. And the, like that. Yeah, I think that's – I like that a lot. Yeah. I hope – hey, Todd Haley, that's a free one for you. Right. I think it's pick pick the guy you think is going to be open, and if he's not, then look to Bell. And, you know, the problem with that, though, is that I think we're probably going to have to bring Bell in to block a lot because, you know, they're going to come with the blitz. They're, they're just going to try and free Landry out. And that's the other thing I want to say is he had a lot of poise in this game. This was not a Landry Jones performance where he was, you know, he never got the deer in headlights look. He never got that, oh, my God, uh, this moment is too big for me. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know where to go with the football. 
Um, it, it really was. Uh, was I don't good. think we saw that in preseason, did we? He didn't really have deer in headlights in preseason. No, no. But I'm just saying, like in a regular, you know, you put a you put a guy like this in a regular season game against a good defense like Arizona has and a ball hawking team like Arizona, you know, you kind of expect that almost. But that didn't happen. Instead, we got you know Landry Jones putting up uh, putting up real points here. Like I said, he didn't punt. Uh, so yeah, I, I think I think hats off to Landry. Um, you know, he could be our backup of the future. You know, without Grad, you know, with Gradkowski now hurt for the entire year, Vic's hurt again. Uh, you know, he's and Vic's probably done. You know, you're looking at Landry Jones being the backup quarterback of the future. And hell, I don't, you know, I don't know when uh, Ben's going to retire, but Landry Jones is a young dude. You, know, you stick him around here, maybe he starts going. You know, I, I don't even know. I, I will say it's, it, it's not out of the question based on the performance he just had. We'll see how he's going to say. You say he's the next Tom Brady. I, I think. I think push he, Ben off like he's uh, Drew Bledsoe. I don't think he pushes Ben off, but I, I just think you know um, he, he he did not look like a third stringer out there. This would be interesting though if he has a good game against Kansas City, then then he's the backup quarterback for the Steelers for the next couple of years until he moves on or until Ben moves on. Right, right. So what you're really saying is we're going to have a Favre Rogers situation. <laughs> yeah, except Landry Jones is not it's not Rogers. Landry Jones uh, was a good quarterback at Oklahoma. He, he was, it was a, you know, but it's a very different system. But you're right. No, he he was a he was a really good quarterback. Um, and, and I think you know, I, look, I wouldn't be surprised if the offense doesn't miss a beat this because I, you know, I, mean, I know we've there's a lot about, of weapons out there, right? There's a lot of weapons, man. You know, pe- people don't. I mean, they're talking obviously. Obviously, people are talking about Bryant, but my God, you know, Artavis Bryant is a legitimate number two wide receiver. That has great size, uh, unbe- unbelievable speed. The fact that he was able to turn around on that play and then outrun everyone, seemed to have angles on him, was it was otherworldly. You know, they kept calling him the alien or whatever because that's what all the players called him. Um, you know, he adds he adds something to this offense that we haven't had, which is the big dominant receiver who is a red zone threat, but then he's also really. You know, he's the Calvin Johnson, Des Bryant, Julio Jones. And he's not big and physical, but he can use his body that way. Um, you know, he this offense, man, it is going to be – we're going to have a killer offense uh, when Ben Roethlisberger gets back into the offense. It's everything we thought it was going to be. All right, let's uh, – want to do around the NFL? Just, let's do some around. Uh, we, I guess we have to, we're, we're, we're contractually obligated because we are talking about the NFL, uh, that we have to talk about the dumbest play call in NFL. <laughs> um, and I think. So uh, when this is over, I want to do a round, um, I have one last thing. Okay. The, all of this. Let's but go ahead. One last thing. The, the, the dumb, okay, we could do one last thing. Uh, so yeah, the dumbest play in, in all of, football. I kind of liked it other than that they snapped the ball. <laughs> they snapped the ball. Well, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, yeah, that was the problem there is you, I would have liked to see someone go in motion behind him to see if anyone ran with him, maybe way to the right and then you know, you could throw a quick pass to him if no one went with him. I don't know. I mean, you set up like that and if the defense isn't confused, you don't snap the ball. If the defense is like, uh, are nine of us supposed to be over there? <laughs> you know? With those other nine guys? It's just, it's such an absurd play because, okay, so you've got a center and then a, a quote, a quote unquote center who's really a wide receiver and then a quote unquote 
quarterback who's I don't even know what position you normally I mean, he's play. Running back. Is he a running back? I guess. Uh, and then every single other player is lined up to the right. So you you okay? You can't hike the ball because nothing good can happen. <laughs> well, there were like four four Patriots. Yes, there's up four Patriots the, hovering over the football center, and it only took one of them to make the play. So everyone watching is thinking the same thing, which is like, this is really this is not a like this doesn't make any sense. The Patriots like you can't hike it because they're all just gonna kill the guy with the ball. They're trying to get him to draw him off sides, or hopefully, the, or get him to waste the timeout. That's what they're trying to do. Right. And I'm gonna defend the center a little bit in that he had his he probably had his head down maybe and didn't see that there were three guys in front of him, and um and and the and obviously the communication was off. You know the. The quarterback said something that made him think to snap it, but obviously he did not want him to snap it because when he received the ball, he didn't want the ball. He was he like, just, "What the hell am I doing with this football right now?" And these three guys running at me. He immediately went down. He was just like, "I don't know. What do you want me to do? It's nothing I can do." Uh, well, it was a real shame because um, the, it was a game. Still, I don't know if the Colts would have won the game, but it was still yeah. probably not. But you got to give the Colts a little credit, and I mean that play, yeah. But they tried an onside kick part of that, didn't they? Right. Yeah, I mean they played to win for sure. They did, and, I, and they I, you just, know, you know. struck me was the whole. It's just that this sports me, you know, they're just they're just so they're so biased they can't even see themselves. But um, so so the whole thing was the revenge factor, and the oh man, the Patriots are going to come in here, and this is these are the guys that accused them of cheating, and blah, 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 blah. and I'm going uh, so so this is like the first time in history that the team that got cheated. Isn't they don't have the revenge factor? No, it's the cheaters that are going to come, and somehow they need to even the score with the team that they cheated on. Because they were they were wrongly accused. Right. We cheated you out of your Super Bowl berth. We cheated you out of your postseason play, and now we're going to get even with you. Right, but the, the, the point hell is that the point there is that they the the, the Patriots did this before, right? They 2007 was like the revenge year. Like, oh, you think we, you know, the, you think the only reason we won is because of Spygate? Well, we're going to go prove that it wasn't just because of Spygate. And then they went and went undefeated that year, right? That was, you know, they, they called that the revenge tour or whatever. And this was like revenge tour 2.0. We're like, they're going through the NFL. Oh, we're going to kill everybody. Um, so, and I mean. Giants, and the Giants must have had a closed practice prior to the Super Bowl. Yeah. The, uh. <laughs> No, but that, hey. that play no, that, that play did cost them. I mean, that was a really dumb call. It was twenty-seven to twenty-one at that point, um, and then they ended up giving the the Patriots the ball at like the thirty-four or the thirty-five. And what they do with it after that touchdown? Patriots they got touchdown. touchdown short order, pretty yeah. quick. Yeah, and uh, hey, that point, from that moment on, it was game, once not, not not immediately, but as soon as the Patriots scored the touchdown, which seemed inevitable at that point, then yeah. it was like game over. It was, but the best was, thing about that game were the fans. The fans were all over the deflate gate. They had deflated footballs on their heads. Right. They had deflate cake. I was, I, I was, I, I was on my feet cheering for the fans. More the than. the one with the phone was my favorite one. When the guy with the "Hey Brady, we got your phone," and it's got the emojis on it. Uh, that was fantastic. I didn't see that one. There were a couple others. I can't think of them now, but there was. Well, there was one lady there. that had a, just a deflated football hat. Her whole head was a deflated foot, and that, that's the one I remember the most. And I, I just remember saying on this podcast that, that, that we ought to get, uh, you know, terrible deflated footballs and spin them around. But, uh, you know, and that, I think that would have been the best of all. I have a whole stadium of deflated footballs spinning like terrible towels. But, uh, they did, they did good there. Colts fans, I gotta give them credit. They did good. They came out with all sorts of different 
deflated deflated things and just in your face patriots a decade of cheating you are the cheater dynasty for the ages congratulations uh okay but we actually we have to go back for a second and talk about that play call again because there's a part of it that we haven't mentioned which is that a this this coach who's clearly he's gonna get fired (laughs) it's such a stupid call i mean he's already hated but whatever he's gonna get uh but he claims that they've been practicing for a year Oh, okay. You've been practicing this play for a year? That's cool. You got called for illegal formation, you idiot. Right. Like, how have you been practicing this for a year? Okay. You don't, your players don't know when they should, if they or when they should snap the ball. And B, you're not even lined up properly. Like, atrocious. It, it's he shouldn't have said that. <laughs> he should have said they just put it in. practiced that with, uh, junior peewees for a year. Uh, you could get them to line up right. Right. And you could get them to understand when to snap, when to not snap. Right. He shouldn't have not said that he's practicing. Practicing that for a year is not a good thing. That's a bad thing. That's bad. Um, um, what else happened this week? This wasn't a great week for football. I thought there weren't a lot of there weren't like a lot of great games other than uh, the late game. I thought the late game was actually better. Yeah, I mean it's good the Ravens lost again, so their season's probably. Yeah, I mean, there's, it's so crappy that we lost, you know, but whatever. Yeah, they keep losing, and it's, like, diminished our loss to them now. It's like it doesn't even matter. Or because it was, like, our chance to end their season, and we didn't. But they just keep ending it themselves. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, the the, the the Packers don't look, I guess, don't look so, don't look so strong this year. Because uh, they, you know, they're 500 yards to Phillip Rivers. I mean, they won. They keep winning. But, I don't know, that offense is weird. Uh, there's no good teams in the NFL. There's no good teams. In fact, I would say that in the AFC, I think the Miami Dolphins have a really, really, really legitimate chance to make the playoffs. And I know that they were my Super Bowl sleeper pick before the year. Uh, I'm homer on that one, but I like that new coach, and that's what they needed. They had a bad coach. They have a lot of talent and a bad coach. What was the deal with our boy Wisenhunt, man, going like, oh, you're cheating my, you're targeting my guy. You're... Yeah, I mean, they hit, they hit what's-his-face low. Uh, yeah, but that, I saw it, man. He didn't go for it. Right, I know. Mariota. Ah, where's Wisenhunt coming from? Uh, oh, I know what you guys want to talk about next. The catch that was a catch, or the catch that should not have been a catch that was a catch. Which catch? The Detroit uh, one? Touchdown yeah, right? Bears game. The yeah. one of the Bears game, right? The Lions and the Bears, right? Right. Yeah. Oh, my. <laughs> what a call. I didn't even think this one was that bad. Come on. Am I going to be the weird one on this one? I, I didn't. I was. I, you know. By definition or the lack thereof of a catch, there's no possibility. Compare that to Calvin Johnson, that's not a catch. And and then the, the what was it, the Cowboys won in the playoffs? And and I don't even, you, there's countless ones now. That wasn't a catch, but this one, I catch the ball, and then I, and, and even in the San Francisco game, the season, the home opener, uh, Steelers versus, um, versus 49ers in the home opener, uh, Two steps, fumble, not a catch, right? right? This one, one step over the line, fumble the ball, it's a catch. Right. And, well, the ruling there, okay, so there's, okay, so like I've, I've, uh, you know, I don't want to call myself an expert in what a catch is because no one actually knows what a catch is in the NFL anymore. But, I know what you're going to say and I have a, I have a rebuttal, so but go ahead. I, I will say that the NFL has been pretty clear about one thing, okay, and that is that but a catch becomes not a catch when you start go, when you go when you go to the ground. The worst thing a wide receiver could ever do is to start going to the ground. 
Once you start going to the ground, the entire rules for, for catching don't matter anymore, right? It's no longer whether or not you become a runner or whether or not you got two feet in or anything. It's all about do you maintain possession of the ball throughout going to the ground and then maintaining it all the way, right? In so this tell play, us what happened on this one. Go ahead. In this play, well, this is a weird one, right? Because this is that weird gray area because in this one, he catches the ball, he turns into the end zone, then he starts to go down, right? And then and he fumbles as he's going down, which means technically he wasn't completing the catch going to the ground. But they ruled, and, and Dean Blandito came on to talk about this. He's the VP of officiating. They ruled him a runner before he was going down. Therefore, the going to the ground rule doesn't apply. It's the become a runner rule because there's two catching rules. There's the go to the ground rule and there's the become a runner rule. And this one was so, enforcing the, the, the become a runner rule. So he became a runner before he went to the ground. But I contest that he, if he had not dropped the ball, right? Like if, if he did not bobble it or drop it and he went to the ground with the ball and then dropped it, they would have said it was not a catch. Uh, you know, listen, they, you know, they might have. He was better off fumbling it when he did. Because <laughs> if he would have held on for it longer and then fumbled it when he hit the ground, it would have been obvious, oh, he went to the ground, not a catch. Right. Well, that's because the NFL so makes such off. an emphasis on that now. And, 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 and then you go to tell me Calvin uh, or Des Bryant's catch last year in the playoffs where he caught it and then he dove forward to stretch for the end zone that he's not a runner at that point. I know, and then because he's going to the ground. Yeah, but the problem was that's the, BS. the dive was – Part of like the dive was like it was part like, of the catch. The catching yes, yeah, I know. Because it wasn't. Because he was a runner then, well, even I though he know. didn't go to the ground yet. It's just crazy. And this is what I want to know. This is another thing. Let's say you catch a ball in the end zone and you get pushed, okay? And you don't get you don't fall to the ground, but you go up against the wall or a cameraman or something, and then you bobble the ball. What do you do then? <laughs> no, the NFL <laughs> needs to change this rule. Look, look. This is this is two, three years running now where we've been, all been having the same discussion, which is. What is a catch and why is it, why is it, uh, you know, why is it so difficult to determine what a catch is and what a catch isn't? And yet, and I said this earlier in the year, this is what the NFL wants. They, the competition committee, which is made up of NFL coaches, I'm made up by league office people, NFL coaches, including Jeff Fisher, and I believe Mike Tomlin's on that committee. They decided to not, that the, it came up and they all said, no, we'll leave it as it is. We like that rule. But, so, you know, this is what they want. I don't know why. I don't know why coaches like this, but they do. And, okay, if that's what you want to catch to me, fine. It's stupid, and it ends up with stupid plays like this where no one knows what's going on. I got an idea. They Uh-oh. need to let the fans involved in this. And so whenever there's a dispute oh, on a catch, they, just, <laughs> they, need to, they need to randomly pick a bar in the United States, oh, no, and I that don't. bar votes. And then that's the catch or not. No, it no, needs no, to no. be the eye test. No, I disagree. You cut it, when it happens. You cut to Ryan Seacrest in NFL headquarters, and he brings out. You know, if you if you like the catch, dial this number. If you think it's I not see. a catch, dial, like dial push, this number. Push one for catch. Push two for not catch. <laughs> for not catch. And then you have a fan of each team showing number two up, showing number one. It's number one. Pick number one. Yeah. Number two. Number two. Like the American Idol. Right. Do. It's exactly like American Idol. We I just like started it. a popular. I love it. It's a popularity contest. Yeah. Well, it would probably get the results in faster than the review. And and it wouldn't just be popular because I think there would be more average fans than fans of the teams that would just they would vote. Well, actually, I guess the oh, Patriots, no, like Patriots would lose everyone, wouldn't they? <laughs> the Patriots, <laughs> you know, like, like 
And the and the Packers would win every single. Yeah, we would, we would win every challenge. Every challenge. And the Patriots would lose every challenge. Uh, yeah, people would just watch their game and automatically vote no, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, there, there would start apps that would just say anytime the Patriots are up, just automatically press no for me. Press, yeah, just continue to press no. <laughs> um, okay, Joe. One last thing. Oh, one last thing. Okay, so this is not around the NFL, but it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bridge it back to the NFL and the Steelers. Um, so, uh, yeah, there was a there was a college football play that um, people might have talked about this weekend. Um, oh, was there ever? Tony, you may want to um, you want you may want to just you know go take a tranquilizer now because um, I'm going to talk about Michigan and Michigan State. And, oh, no, and I, I, a, I, I abandoned my Michigan love. Don't even worry about it. There was a play at the end of the Michigan Michigan State game um, where Michigan had the game won and they just. There was only not very much time left on the clock, and they needed seconds. to punt the ball or go for it on fourth down or do something, and not need to run ten seconds off the clock. Yeah, all that, that's all they had to do. So they just needed to not let um, Michigan State into the end zone because a field goal wasn't going to do them any good, right? It was a big enough lead to where um, they needed a touchdown. And so were they, uh, uh, they, were they down by three? I don't remember. They were down by three. They're down, so a field goal would have tied. Field goal does. Field goal does tie it. Yes. So they so they decided they decided to punt the ball, and um and the unimaginable happened to them. Um, so there were there was there was uh, in punting the ball, there are two things that could happen. You could either um have a block punt, return for a touchdown, and lose the game on that, or you could punt the ball and then have a re- a big return, come back for a touchdown, and lose the game that way. Uh, or. <laughs> and that's it. Those are the only really two bad things that can happen, right? Or you could go, well, I guess you could go for it on fourth down and not make it, and then the no, other I mean, if you decide to punt, those are really the only two yeah, I mean, you can imaginally think of. I mean, I guess hiking over his head is a possibility. So, so they, uh, so they, so Michigan State ends up uh, scoring the touchdown, and you know, the still was unbelievable, and uh, I mean, it was in Michigan, so a hundred thousand people. The looks on their faces were just like you can imagine what they were. It was, it was just, uh, and all I could think of to re- to try to relate to their pain is just, God, what if that happened to the Steelers? How would I feel? I, I don't know if I'd ever recover from it. Okay, so but no, but didn't that happen? I, I got a very different feeling, which is, well, now Michigan fans know how it was to lose to the Ravens this year. I, I feel like it was the exact same thing. It was, it was we you have you have won this game. The game is over. It's over. It's done. We win. When we stopped them on fourth down, it was over. Game over. All you got to do, either get a first down or kick a field goal, either of which are very easy at this point because the easy field goal, 40 gets in yards and it's over. That's what I felt like. Okay, so I bring this up. I bring this up. I said I was going to circle it back to the Steelers. Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to, and I am. And at any time that I can bring up um, uh, another illustration of, um, the, my, in my opinion, the, um, the greatest coach, uh, in the history of NFL, uh, I'm going to do that. This man never gets credit uh, for being the greatest coach, but he was. I was wondering where you're going. Now I know. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> I'm reading a quote from the Chicago Tribune uh, from several years ago, uh, and it's by a guy named Cooper Rollo. How's that for a sports writer name? Uh, I didn't understand uh, the, the Chuck Knoll decision at the time, and now 24 hours later, I still don't understand it. Noel's explanation makes no sense. In my opinion, it would have been far better to risk a blocked punt than to give Roger Staubach the ball with good field position. The Steelers were just plain lucky the strategy didn't backfire into the rock and roll football ages. 
Uh, okay. Chuck Knoll stands vindicated. Okay. Chicago Tribune and all of the people that created it only took him 40 years. <laughs> 1975. Uh, for, for trusting in his, in his beloved defense that he, that he built from one player at a time. No one ever played for anybody but him on that defense. It was his, it was his pride and joy. He rode it to the Super Bowl. He won two Super Bowls with it, uh, by then. Uh, or had won one the year before, and now was about to win this one, and there was no way, no way that he would lose a Super Bowl on a blocked punt or so, or some stupid ass return, and he didn't. He won the Super Bowl. He's the greatest coach in history. The only coach, I believe, still to this day to win four Super Bowls. Yeah, but you really can't blame Michigan for punting right there. <laughs> they had to punt. The only the only difference is uh, had they just run it. They would have given him a good field position for a field goal, all right? They would have needed like ten yards for field goal, yeah. but there was only ten seconds left. Right? I don't know. I think uh, I think maybe just running it. I don't know. You almost could have run but, around the football. Yeah, for ten seconds. Yeah, just yeah, run backwards you know, you for risk, ten seconds. Yeah, but you risk the same thing, which is that something. Throw an incomplete pass. Throw it really high. No, for ten you, seconds. What you should do is you should just punt, punt it, <laughs> and then don't get you know don't give it up. You just punt it near or punt it near the sideline. Like a normal play. Hey, I, I wonder, you know how like, uh, when, uh, or Zonka, even falls on the ball, just idiot fall on the ball. <laughs> I know, after, afterwards, I know. It's, it's sad, cause he was just trying to do too much. And they, the, the punter had a great game and he's a great player too. Yeah. So it's, it was just very disappointing or a sad story. But I wonder if this is going to change things because way back when, um, they didn't really, they used to kneel on the ball, right? And when you, when you went to, you didn't go to victory formation, but you just kneel on the ball. And, uh, and then when the, when the, who was it? The, it was the Bears? Yeah, the Bears fumbled and, and the Eagles recovered it and won the Miracle in the Meadowlands. No, it was the Giants. I'm sorry. Miracle in the Meadowlands, right? Ever oh, since yeah, then, yeah. they started the victory formation and you have to have like, you know, a guy in the backfield just in case there's a fumble. We used to put Troy Polamala back there, right? Our best, one of our best fastest tacklers just in case something happened. So do you think that now when you have to punt in a situation like this, you're going to, you know, have an extra guy back there just in case we drop the ball or just in case we need to make a tackle? Uh, I mean, maybe that, that was horrible. I, I, it was, it was up there with the Auburn, yeah. you, know, you know, field goal return to, to beat the um, to eliminate Alabama from uh, you know from the end of the season or the whatever the bowl games or whatever the championship. Hey, I, I know this is one more thing, but I'll, and I always do this, and I'm sorry, but I have two more things now because it, you brought it up or we're thinking of it. Uh-huh. Number one is on these long field goals. Why don't why don't teams do what Auburn did in that game more often and have some guy down there just in case it's short to return it? And if you do return it and you don't make it back to the line of scrimmage, do you get to choose where you get the ball? Do you get it at the line of scrimmage or do you have to take the return? You take the return. You have but to take they, the return. So that's why they don't do that. Yeah, and a lot – I mean sometimes, especially if it's the end of a half or something. End of the half, they'll do it, yeah. They'll do it, yeah. Okay, the other thing that happened in our game was, and I knew this for a rule, but I didn't, I couldn't confirm it, and I don't know why they don't coach it and do it more often, was that when the Steelers on a punt were defending the punt or covering the punt, our guy touched the ball at like the one yard line, batted it back to the five, and then, um, the other team, yeah, they picked, they picked it up and started running it, he fumbled it, and, uh, they basically got the ball back because, Worst that can happen for them at that point is that they get the ball where the ball was touched. Right. 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 So why don't why don't special team coaches coach that more often? 
you got nothing to lose. Once they touch the ball and everyone's standing around it, just pick it up and try to advance it. Uh, yeah, I, I, no, I, I agree with you. I, it was weird that they weren't <laughs> turn football into rugby. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I do think it was weird though that they uh, that more teams don't do that. Yeah, because I, I did know. I mean, I got excited at first, but then uh, you know when they were debating it. Uh, yeah, that's right. The stupid touch the ball, then it's dead unless the unless they you know they unless can they return, return it. They decide to return it, then they can the, return it. But nothing bad dis- can happen. Yeah, the only disadvantage for the receiving team is if like I bat it at the one and then it's bouncing around at the five and then we're going to down it at the five, then that's where you would get the ball because that's where it bounced back to. So if I pick it up and try to run it from the five and I make it to the 10, I get it at the 10. But if I made it to the 10 and fumbled, then it would, I think it goes back to the original touch, which would be at the one. Yeah. So that would be a disadvantage of trying to do that is that if you did fumble it, Right. But there really isn't. That's the only disadvantage. If you picked it up at the five and there were five guys around you and you scooped it to the six, you get it at the six yeah. instead of the five. Or if you ran ninety yards and then fumbled right at the end, it doesn't matter because yeah. you get the ball back at the, at the first touch. So, yeah, I'm just I surprised mean, that they don't teach that more or take that. I mean, that's a they just need to take advantage of that rule. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, okay, thanks. I have no more things. Okay, all right. Uh, I guess we have nothing else. Yep, that's good. All right. That is going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com, the email address. Uh, for some reason, the, our email didn't update for the last two weeks. And then I just got like a flood of messages. But it was all about when the when the feed was broken for the first two weeks. They were all, everyone, everyone's like, hey, well, what happened to the podcast? So sorry to, sorry to all of you who wrote in. Uh, I fixed it. It was a weird iTunes thing. I When we switched the website over, I switched the feed. Uh, but iTunes didn't pick up on the new feed. So I worked some magic and got it to work. And so, hey, good work there. Sorry if you missed the first couple. Um, but that's all good. Go on to leave feedback. SteelerCountry at gmail.com. We do, we check it. I mean, we, we, you know, I, I, I try to stay on top of, uh, uh Twitter. It's twitter.com slash SteelerCountry. Facebook is facebook.com slash podcast. If you go to either of those places, uh, you will be notified when we, uh, do this podcast live. We do this live every Tuesday night. Uh, and you can watch us on both YouTube and Twitch. We're on both of those streaming networks on uh, YouTube. I don't know whether they're all off the top of my head, but on, on Twitch, it's twitch.com or I'm sorry, twitch.tv slash um, so you can subscribe to us either on YouTube and Twitch, and they will notify you again when we go live. We usually do it again, like I said, on Tuesday nights, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, we will see you next week when the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. See you next week.